This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Hello, America, and welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Looks like Tillerson, the CEO of Exxon, is our new Secretary of State. What is his confirmation hearing going to be like? We also have Michael Medved on. He is the author of The American Miracle, Divine Providence in the Rise of the Republic. This is, you want to talk about a great Christmas book. Um, This is a book that explains the miracle that is America, that so many people dismiss. How many times did something happen, like the pilgrims being blown off course, to show up at a place they didn't expect to, and Squanto, an Indian who happens to speak English, sees the sails of their ship and says, hey, I got to go check that out? What are the odds? The miracle The American Miracle by Michael Medved. He joins us right now. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Breaking news, it looks like uh, Rick Perry also is officially going to be our energy secretary. We'll have more on that coming up in just a second. Michael Medved uh, joins us now. Hello, Michael. How are you? I'm very well indeed, Glenn. Happy uh, holidays and Merry Christmas to you. Thank you very much. Happy Hanukkah to you. Um, Let me uh, ask you, Michael, um, before we get into the book, a, a couple of questions. You are a... Yale-trained attorney, um, and then you went from there to being a, a very good and credible movie reviewer, and then you went to talk radio. I can't make your career work. How, how, how have you done this? <laughs> I mean, I, well, you, how I'm did that sure happen? I'm not sure I made it work either, but... Uh, it, yes, you it, have. Basically, <laughs> uh, basically, I am. Um, uh, first of all, I, I am not now, nor have I ever been an attorney. I went to law school once upon a time. Okay. And and it is true. I will plead guilty. I, I went to law school together with Bill and Hillary Clinton. Uh, and you can ask me later whether they inhaled. Um, right. but, <laughs> I think I know the answer. I, I think you probably do too, Glenn. Yeah. Uh, but. The, the truth of the matter is I've always been consumingly interested in history and politics um, since my dad, who was the son of, an, uh, of immigrants, 
uh, under miraculous circumstances that allowed them to come to America. We grew up in Philadelphia, and my dad used to take me around uh, to uh, historical sites, Independence Hall, Valley Forge. Mm. And even though my dad was not at that stage in his life until later in life when he moved to Israel, uh, at, at that stage of my life, my dad was not a deeply religious guy, but he understood that God had a role in this miracle known as America. And I majored in American history at Yale. It's what I, what I studied, what I always cared about. And then I started writing about it. And then because of some of the books that I had written were about movies, I sort of drifted into commenting oh, wow. about movies during the time I was continuing with the writing about history. So, so Mike... And all of it, as you know, comes together in talk radio because yeah. we have this great gift from God, I believe, of being able to talk about whatever is on our heart or in our minds. Yeah. Michael, you are a Orthodox Jew um, uh, and, and a lover of America and American history. We live in a time where um, we keep having this argument whether we're a Christian nation or not, and people trying to um, denigrate the role of God um, in in America, and here you are writing The American Miracle, which is phenomenal and, and a great um, proof of God's existence and his critical role in, being, uh, in, in bringing about America. Well, that's, that's exactly right. And it is the one thing that has been able to unite great leaders across every partisan divide, across our entire history. I mean, it's true, as you very well know, that people like Thomas Jefferson and Benjamin Franklin were religiously unconventional. They weren't Orthodox Christians, but they believed very firmly, as it says in the Declaration, and as you, Glenn, emphasized time and again, a firm reliance on divine providence. Even these people, some of whom didn't go to church, uh, understood that there was a design in American history. It didn't just result from a, a series of random occurrences, from a pattern of happy accidents. In the book, I make the case that a pattern of happy accidents is still a pattern, and it gives evidence of design. A lot of people would say, sure, well, that design was from these very smart founders. The problem for that argument is that the founders themselves insisted that they weren't the designers. They were the instruments of the designer. How much of that, Michael, because this is the case that would be made, is that they were just using the language of the time, that that is what, that's the way people spoke. Even you just said, you know, Thomas Jefferson wasn't conventional. I believe he was. I mean, in his own writings, he talks about um, uh, Jesus, and and he is he is very Christian if you looked at him as a man today, but very not Christian because I think he had a problem with the churches um, in some ways. Exactly right. Exactly right. And the dogma was the problem. Right. It, the dogma and the organizations and the corruption yes. of some of the organizations. But Correct. Uh, to, today, all of these people would be viewed as Christian fanatics be, because yes. they, they had the, including, by the way, Franklin Roosevelt, for goodness sake. Yes. Uh, including Theodore Roosevelt, certainly. I mean, uh, people that, 
that were way over on the left. If you listen to Roosevelt's D-Day prayer, Franklin oh, Roosevelt, yeah. in 1944, he says that America is fighting for Christianity, right? Can you imagine if someone said that today? Uh, I mean, the, the ACLU would be calling for impeachment. So, so Michael... Um, so go back to my question. In doing your research for this book, The American Miracle, um, tell me how you separate um, and, and convince people today that are being taught this is all nonsense, that they weren't just using the language of the day, that they actually believed these things. It's very simple. They stake their lives on them. They stake their lives on the belief. And the, the truth of the matter is, and, and this is the core argument of the book, and it's become the core argument of my life, you have to do something to explain the extraordinary nature of the emergence of the United States. No one who was alive in the year 1600 would ever have predicted that the dominant civilization in the world would emerge in North America. But it did, against all odds. And, okay, you can say it emerged because America was this brutal, horrible, exploitative, rapacious place. The problem is other powers, Spain, uh, uh, Portugal, France, were, were more brutal. If brutality and exploitation and slavery and genocide against the natives, if that was the secret of America's strength, then there are these other powers that would have been much stronger because they were much more cruel. So that's out. Then, then you come to this question about a pattern of happy accidents. But a pattern of happy accidents, still a pattern. And then the question is, what does that pattern mean? And the founders were smart people, and they all believed it meant not special privileges for this country, mm-hmm. but special responsibilities. And that's precisely why people on the left and people in the secular side are very reluctant to endorse the idea of providential protection. Isn't it? I mean, this is, I think, Michael, that we, the founders, if they would have lived to 1850, I don't think they would have recognized us really as uh, America for this one reason. By 1830, we changed divine providence to manifest destiny. And there is a huge difference. And I really believe that the, the problem is there are a lot of people on the religious right that don't know the difference between the two. And that's what is scaring people on the left. This idea that once I get power, I'm on a mission from God and I'll tell you exactly what to do. That's not who our founders were. No, not at all, Uh, because one of the stories that I tell in the book has to do with uh, believing that God is entangled with your affairs doesn't mean that you can do anything you want. It means that you have a special obligation to try to discern the divine will. I, I actually quote the German chancellor who created modern Germany, uh, Otto von Bismarck, Two amazing quotes that you will love, Glenn. He says on the, on the one hand that it is the job of the statesman to simply uh, try to hear God's footsteps in history and then grab hold of his coattails and follow. 
And then on another occasion, Bismarck said that the God Almighty has special protection for imbeciles, drunkards, lost dogs, and the United States of America. <laughs> um, back with Mike, uh, Michael Medved here in just a second. Um, the new book uh, that he has just put out is The American Miracle, Divine Providence in the Rise of the Republic. This is one of those books that I think um, everyone, everyone should have um, because there is a real problem in this country being taught that God had anything to do, especially with the founding of our nation. And I believe God is not a watchmaker. He does live, and he was instrumental in our founding. And so Michael is making this case, the American miracle. Back in just a second with more from Michael Medved. Our sponsor this half hour is Casper. Casper Mattress, the healing power of a good night's sleep. You know, I was sleeping for... I don't even know, three hours a night for five years. And I hadn't had REM sleep in about a decade. And when I started seeing the, um, uh, the doctors, uh, they were like, uh, Glenn, your body hasn't had a chance to heal overnight for a decade. Unless you go into a deep sleep, your body can't heal. And so you age rapidly. One of the things that I have done is get a Casper mattress. And uh, I went to the mattress store and we spent a buttload of money on a mattress that, um, quite honestly, we didn't like. And, we, you know, we spent the 20 minutes or the hour in the mattress store laying on different beds. How are you supposed to know? Casper has cut out the middleman, which has made their mattress a fraction, literally, you're going to be shocked at the price of these things, a fraction of the price of something you're going to find in a mattress store. Plus, Time Magazine says it's the, the best invention of 2015. They have taken two high-tech foams, guarantee that you sleep cool and comfortable. You are going to love your Casper mattress. And if you don't like it, they will come and pick it up 100 nights, a third of the year, to test it out no restrictions, you, come, you don't like it, you call them up and you say, hey, I don't like this, they'll come and pick it up and refund every single dime. Casper Mattress, $50 towards the purchase of your mattress if you use the promo code BECK right now. Go to casper.com, terms and conditions do apply. Casper.com, offer code BECK. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. This is the Glenn Beck Program. 
We're back with Michael Medved, the American miracle, the divine providence in the rise of the republic. In this, you make the case, uh, Michael, about uh, the California gold. I have never heard this tied to divine providence. Do you want to talk about that a bit? Sure. Uh, It's one of those things, if you simply look at a calendar, it sort of jumps out at you as it did to people at the time. Uh, the, uh, the California gold rush began when gold was discovered at the end of January in, uh, 1848. And, uh, and originally it was kept a secret and then it became known and it, it produced a huge impact on the American economy because we all of a sudden had the leading gold reserves of any country in the world because they discovered gold in the hills of California. Here's what leaps out at you in the contract. The very moment that James Marshall, who was an itinerant carpenter from New Jersey, uh, all of a sudden notices these flecks in a mill race near Sacramento in the middle of nowhere, that same day, 1,600 miles away, in Mexico City, a rebellious clerk defies the President of the United States and risks arrest to sign America onto a probably illegal paper the deeds California and this real estate with all the gold in it to the United States of America. In other words, people at the time asked, how is it that God hid the existence of this huge load of gold from all of humanity until that precise moment that America was having California handed directly to us? Signed on the same day? It could be the same day. We don't know the exact day that gold was discovered. We know within a week. It was 100% the same week. That's unbelievable. And that changed. And people at the time said so. And you see, what's, what's so amazing to me, Glenn, is that people living through this history said, wait a minute, this is not us. This is some bigger power. George Washington, who you write about so beautifully. I mean, George Washington understood that he is one of 70 British officers at the Battle of Monongahela in the French and Indian War. 70 British officers ride out into battle on horseback. 69 of the 70 are either wounded or killed. George Washington has the hat out, a shot out from over his head. He has two different mounts shot out from under him. He has bullet holes in his cloak. Nothing touches him. It was so striking that he's a 23-year-old officer at the time in the British Army, in the actually Virginia militia. And Samuel Davies, who later became president of Princeton University, delivers a sermon about this 23-year-old guy and says, no doubt God has raised up this magnificent youth to help to save and perform a signal purpose for his people. God's still doing this with America, Michael? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. But, but this, is, this is another aspect to this, Glenn, is that American patriots have always feared that we were breaking the bargain. And, and, and the bargain, again, is not that we have special privileges. It's that we have special burdens, that because all of our forefathers, all of our ancestors and foremothers, to be politically correct, they all recognized 
that America was no accident. That was actually one of the titles I was playing with for this book, America's No Accident. It didn't just happen. It happened for a purpose. If we lose sight of that purpose, uh, our, our leaders have always believed that we will, we will lose the special protection. I believe that 100%. Have we lost that? And what evidence do you have that we haven't lost that? <laughs> well, I, I know that there are some people, you and, you and I share something else, which is great skepticism about the president-elect. But the fact that he is president-elect seems so Unlikely. unexpected yeah. and so bizarre in so many ways. And the appointment of this new secretary of state candidate, all of it is is so astonishing and unusual that you have to think there must be some message here. There must be some challenge here. There must be, uh, or, or maybe some of our colleagues and friends uh, are correct that this is actually redemptive. It actually may be taking unusual uh, instruments and, and using it for God's purpose. I tell the story of Lincoln in that regard, and this is not let me make clear to compare Trump to Lincoln. Hang on, I want you but, to make this. I don't want you to be interrupted. So hang on just a second. Then I want to come back and talk to you about Sam Houston in your book, The American Miracle, The Divine Providence in the Rise of the Republic by Michael Medved. Grab this book. It makes a great Christmas gift for somebody. Back with Michael Medved, where he's going to compare Lincoln and Trump. That's what I heard him. <laughs> That's what I Specifically, he was not doing that. Really? I didn't yeah, miss, that. miss that. Back in just a sec with Michael Medved. Friday, we have a special on progressivism. We have worked a, a long time on this special, and, and I think you're really going to like it. Friday, a special show on progressivism. Share it with your friends. Uh, listen and learn a ton on Friday's broadcast. Michael Medved is with us. He has a new book out called The American Miracle, Divine Providence uh, in the Rise of the Republic. Uh, Michael, you were just going to talk a little bit about Abraham Lincoln. Well, Abraham Lincoln was the, one of the most unlikely people, in fact, probably the most unlikely person uh, to ever become president of the United States. He wasn't a billionaire. He wasn't a celebrity. Uh, he was a politician uh, locally in southern Illinois who had never won statewide office, had, had only won one single term, a two-year term in the Congress of the United States. And he saw his own rise to the presidency 
as as an act of providence, uh, as something remarkable. Uh, his, his contemporaries saw it that way, and and he was haunted uh, with looking for signs of the divine will. And I, I tell the story in the book of the most important cigars in American history, which were the three cigars that were discovered by a 42-year-old corporal uh, whose name was Barton K. Mitchell, who's reclining in September 17, 1862, in an open field in Frederick, Maryland, reaches out, finds these cigars in the middle of a field, has no idea why they're there, uh, opens them up, and then his buddy says, wait a minute, what are those papers? The papers were the lost dispatch, General Orders Number 181 from Robert E. Lee, which falling into the hands of the Union allowed the Battle of Antietam to happen, which Lincoln told his cabinet was the sign from God he had been waiting for to free the slaves with the Emancipation Proclamation. Isn't humility required for all of this? Because I think that's what scares people when you talk about signs from God. And Because Adolf Hitler... He talked a lot about God. Now, he was, a, he was anti-God, um, but he used all the rhetoric, um, and he wasn't a humble man, obviously. Um, isn't humility, like you just said, he was haunted by this. He saw it as not him, but as a sign from God. All of the great statesmen, presidents, patriots in our um, in our uh, history, have all been deeply humble. Well, that, that's exactly correct. And Lincoln used the term, and he used it more than a dozen times in his public statements and his private correspondence, that he was an instrument, that, that he wasn't the author of what he was doing. He was the instrument of, of basically the will of history, Hegel and Tolstoy and great thinkers in the past who, again, are religiously unconventional, nonetheless say that, look, if you look at human affairs and you look at some of the amazing things that have particularly surrounded this incredibly blessed country, and and in in terms of America's unique blessings, it's not just Americans who think that. Uh, I I cite Goethe, the, the great German poet, who, who said uh, very early uh, on in our history, right, right after the America was launched, that there was something special, destined, different mm-hmm. about America. That's what America's ex- exceptionalism means. It doesn't mean American perfectionism. W- what it means is a, a very special status for this country in terms of influencing the rest of humanity. Real quick, tell me one last story. It's in the American Miracle, Michael Medved's uh, new book. Um, tell me the story of Sam Houston. <laughs> well, well, here, if um, this, this guy whose who's Indian name was derisively Big Drunk, who was a big drunk, he may have been 6'6", if he has a successful wedding night and he doesn't go into exile and resign as governor of Tennessee because of the embarrassment surrounding his wedding night. He never goes to Texas. And uh, uh, where you are today in Dallas, Glenn, is uh, now one of the biggest cities in Mexico. Hang on Uh, just a second. I don't know about his wedding night. Can you tell me about his wedding night? Yeah, he's he's Andrew Jackson's protege. 
and he's a, a hero who miraculously survives battle, and he becomes a young governor of Tennessee. He's a U.S. congressman. He's on the road to the presidency, and he marries the most beautiful young woman in Tennessee whose family is very politically prominent. Something happened on their wedding night where she told a friend the, the morning after, I want to kill him. It's something, and, and historians have different theories about what actually happened in privacy. In any event, his wife leaves him. He is so humiliated by that that he has to resign as governor. He goes into a drinking binge, goes off to live with the Cherokees, develops a relationship to Native American spirituality, starts seeing eagles and ravens. His Indian name was Colonel, the raven. And all of this leads him to Texas. This is a former governor of Tennessee. And in Texas, he becomes commander of the Texas Army fighting for independence. The people are slaughtered at Goliath. They're slaughtered at the Alamo, where all the prisoners, everyone is killed. The last chance for that rebellion, which, by the way, was representing a population that was 90% American. It was not a Mexican population, though there were Mexican people who were Spanish speakers who were fighting alongside Houston. He wins in 18 minutes this Battle of San Jacinto, which remains one of the most remarkable, astonishing, illogical military victories in all of human history, and gives Texas ultimately to the United States. He refuses to let Texas join the United States during the Civil War, though, does he not? No, it's quite the contrary. He was opposed to secession. He, he, was, he, basic, he was the governor of Texas. At, at, the, at the time of secession. And he predicted to the South, he said exactly what was going to happen. He said, if you secede, you, you are going to see the destruction of all of your dreams. And, and Houston actually was selected by John F. Kennedy as one of his profiles in courage, because at the end of his life, he stood up, uh, even though he himself was a southerner. He was from uh, Virginia originally, and then and then from Tennessee, and then from. Texas. Why did he do? Why did he do that? Why did he say, "You have to stay with the United States"? Because he believed that America was a God-anointed country, and that to take up arms against this country, he was a unionist above all else, and and that it's, it seems to me is. Uh, one of the great heroes in the Civil War, the Rock of Chickamauga, George Thomas, a Union hero, who right along with Sherman and Grant was one of the most successful generals, he was a Virginian. And, and again, a people of conscience in the South understood that the Union, America, was the greatest cause worth fighting for. Michael Medved, um, I'd love to have you down sometime and have you into our vault. We have about 8,000 um, items from uh, American history that is just, it's pretty mind-blowing. Uh, and I'd love just to take a tour with you and uh, have you tell stories of the things that you find because uh, you've, you've proven yourself to be too smart for this program. Uh, <laughs> all of us are looking at each other. You're mentioning names. We're all like, of course, that's, yes, I know exactly who you're talking, talking about. talking about that yesterday. Yeah. Um, anyway, Michael, one last question. Can I get your uh, thought on Tillerson? What do you think about Rex Tillerson being uh, Department of uh, State? Well, I, I look forward to the confirmation hearings. Oh, look, I don't, I, I don't understand it. I, I, 
with so many um, outstanding people that that could have been appointed by by uh, President-elect Trump, where people would say, terrific, it, whether it's John Bolton or Mitt Romney or, uh, I don't know, even arguably Bob Corker or any of the other people he was talking about, why he has to uh, uh, pick someone who has won a friendship award from Vladimir Putin, uh, I, I think this will come out in the confirmation hearings, and, and that's a good thing. Um, are, you, are you perplexed, as I am, uh, on how the right suddenly is, is fine with Vladimir Putin and, and we're, we're buddies with Vladimir Putin? And, of course, uh, Russia's not doing anything wrong and, and, and trying to disrupt our system? I mean, that's crazy talk. It is completely crazy talk, and it, this is not an issue of partisanship. It's an issue of patriotism. Uh, whether you're left, right, or center, people who love America cannot abide with the idea of any foreign nation interfering or attempting to interfere with our elections. And, and if, if Mr. Trump were to do the smart thing, it would also be the right thing, which is get out in front of this and say, yes, I want as much evidence as I possibly can. And Putin involving himself in American elections and American policy is not legitimate. And, and t- Trump, above all, saying he puts America first, has to put that priority first. Michael Medved, thank you so much. Good friend of the I program. It, and, um, thank you. And, and thanks for, for all of your great work. Uh, and I, I really mean this from my heart, uh, letting Americans understand that the issues here in our country today go very, very deep and deep into our history. Thank you very much, Michael. I appreciate it. Michael Medved. Uh, the name of the book is The American Miracle. Jeffy and I were just talking about The Rock of Cucamonga. Uh, oh, my gosh. Yesterday or the day before. Were you talking with Goethe? Yes. Yeah, well, me I mean, uh, the Goethe quotes are prevalent on The Rock yeah. of Cucamonga. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of The Rock of Cucamonga. But... It's not even what he said. <laughs> it's not what he said. He said something <laughs> like that that I've never Cucamonga? I have yeah, no idea. I mean, the former German Chancellor Otto von Mussenberg. Uh, B- uh, Bismarck. <laughs> is a, I mean, we Otto quote him who? all the time. He is. We quote him He's all a the brilliant time. guy. And I will tell you, in stories <laughs> that we will save for another time and maybe after we cross to the other side, Michael Medved is one of the more brave people um, in America today. Um, He is a very good guy and um, extraordinarily brave, extraordinarily brave. And I am appreciative that there are people like him in the world today. Pick up his new book, The American Miracle. All right, I want to tell you about our sponsor. It's American Financing. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Okay, Jimmy. Falling into debt can happen to the best of us, especially if you're supporting a growing family. And if you feel like you're getting further behind, let American Financing consolidate your high-interest debt into one manageable monthly payment. This happens to all of us, and um, now is the time. This week, they're talking about raising interest rates. I don't know if they're going to. But they will eventually. Uh, and, and I personally think they're going to bring them down past zero. I, I, had, a, I had a horrible thought the other day as I'm doing my research on, on currency um, and trying to figure out 
what the exit strategy might be, I had a, a really horrible, horrible thought. But one way or another, you don't want debt. If you are behind and you feel like you, you just can't get ahead of it, American financing can. For months, everyone was concerned interest rates were going to increase. Tax, I mean, uh, interest rates are still at an all-time low. And because of that, people are refinancing and pulling out equity for debt consolidation or even just lowering their interest rates, saving some $500 to $1,000 every month. Think about what you could do with that money. You could save for retirement. You could, you know, uh, save for college funds. You could pay off your high interest debt, which should be your number one priority. Americans Financing's mortgage consultants are salary-based. They specialize in solutions, not counting commissions. And you might even skip two mortgage payments. So whether you're tired of paying outrageous rental rates and ready to buy, or you want to refinance and take advantage of the low interest rates, don't wait. Right now, call 866-750-6551, 866-750-6551, or online at AmericanFinancing.net. You're listening. You're listening. To the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. What I just said in that commercial, it's something I figured out last night, I was re- reading some Milton Friedman, and um, he won the Nobel Prize for a, uh, a, an equation, MV equals PY. Uh-huh. And I don't thoroughly understand it yet. Milton Friedman is a little over my head. Um, but I, it explains what we're doing, and it explains what I think we're going to do, which traps everyone who is poor, traps everyone who is a working stiff. That's good to hear. Yeah. That's good. And I really think this is their exit strategy because it, it, everything they're doing leads, leads me to believe this is how they think the world should operate. And it's, it's terrifying. I hope I'm wrong. But if I understand this right, I don't think I am. Uh, and it comes from Milton Freeman, but it, it's, it's a warning from Milton Freeman. I think they look at that and go, um, it's good. It's good. We'll go into that. Also, play the 11 seconds real quick, will you? This is from The View. Who used to be his campaign director? He had to quit because of his ties to Russia. I mean, do we have to wait till the hammer and sickle is on the American flag before we oh stand my. up to this guy? You've got to be kidding me! Believe that with a, with a Marxist in office for eight years, oh, they're worried about a hammer and sickle. You've Are got you to be kidding me! On back in a minute. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. 